Hey listeners, you're tuning in to a podcast about kids in the hall that easily veers off into mature subject matter and includes a whole heck of a lot of swearing. Enjoy the show, eh? Welcome to Kip and Tell, a podcast about kids in the hall and our deep shared love of sausages, rollerblading, and black tar heroin. (laughs) (laughs) We'll be reviewing every episode with witty banter and unmissable segments like what name would you change to if you took up rollerblading? And what would you do to know the love of a sausage kisser? (laughs) Oh, no. (laughs) I'm Hans Seidemann in Prince Rupert, British Columbia, and I'm joined today by Kalina McCortoff in London, England. Hello, Kalina. Sausages! (laughs) I'm also joined by Stu Derek Kodak in Vancouver. Hey, Stu. I uh, got this puck. <laughs> and joining <laughs> Stu in Vancouver is Trevor Record. And heroin. <laughs> <laughs> heroin first, then Trevor Record. He's in Vancouver. <laughs> it's true. <laughs> it's, ooh, we'll get to that in a moment. Uh. <laughs> well, today we're going to be reviewing episode 15 of season four, which aired on April 1st. 1994. April Fools! It actually aired uh, on April 1st, 1994. Um, <laughs> so let's kick off with our sketch rundown. Today we've got uh, The New Guy, in which Bruce struggles to make friends uh, while hitting on other people's wives. Shock, uh, shock <laughs> I am. Are other people smelling what I'm thinking? <laughs> oh. Yeah, that was a weird... That's so a very good. strange come on, for sure, yeah. Uh, then we have I Love You, um, where Mark tries to tell his dad that he loves him um, after some extended sports metaphors. Uh, then we have Got a Puck, where a cop abuses his authority for the pettiest of reasons. Mm-hmm. Classic. Then that's followed by Heroin Junkie. Kevin is a heroin junkie, and if you want to date him, you'll just have to deal with it. <laughs> uh, that comes before Missing Airline Pilot. Um, Scott should be flying a plane, but there's a thing dangling all like this. <laughs> You can't fly a plane like that. We then have undercover preparation where both of the cops demonstrate that they would be awful undercover agents because they only have high school educations and two months of RCMP depot training. Mm. Uh, That follows with rollerblades where Dave recreates perfectly the experience of being alive in the 90s. And then we finish with the iconic but perhaps controversial sketch, Love and Sausages. Which uh, is where Bruce's somewhat Amish-looking man, maybe East German. It's unclear. I think he's East German. Yeah, it's hard to say. It does seem East German. Yeah, Um, is torn between his love for the sausage package kissing girl and his dementia-riddled sausage-loving father. Who will Mm. choose? There's a little (laughs) bit of Italia in there too. If anyone's ever read any of the Alina Ferrante books. It's definitely got some magical realism for sure. Yeah. What? Um, <laughs> what? That's not what that's she writes. That's totally true. She. Oh nope. She wrote writes about Italian fascism. There's definitely no magic realism there. <laughs> Wait, who did you say? Elena Ferrante. Oh, I def- yeah. Okay, I was definitely thinking of someone completely different then. Yes. That's okay. That's okay. Good the thing more you I know. get to control the edit. Uh, <laughs> In her most famous series of books, now there is a magic. sausage factory that plays some role. Oh. I went to go see the three-part play, and it was real not as good as the books. <laughs> who am I thinking of um, who did like Love in the Tabernacle? Gabriel Garcia Marquez. Like 
Gabriel Garcia yeah. Marquez. Yeah. Oh, I love years. me some hundred years of solitude. <laughs> yeah. I do love me some Same Marquez. He's got some uh, fascism and plantations mixed mm-hmm. into his book sometimes, though. You like you liked Hundred Years of Solitude? Did you like that? You like it? I really liked mm-hmm. I, I liked Hundred Years of Solitude. I liked that they uh needlessly described how big the dude's hog was. I thought that was a lot of fun. <laughs> they're just like, he's got such a penis, and they're like, How much? They're like, So much. That's so funny. I don't remember that at all, but the one scene I know that you're gonna cut this out, Hans, but like the one scene that really sticks out to me is you know that that girl who like always like eats paint off the walls and shit? There's just like one scene where she's like in the garden just mm-hmm. stuffing like dirt into her mouth. Oh yeah. Uh, I think about that a lot. That is a real condition. Like people do eat. Oh yeah. Uh, Apparently, and, uh, fucked up. Uh, some paint paint yeah, chips are people. have a lot of appeal. Yeah. Maybe we. Welcome need to Millennial <laughs> Book Corner, a podcast <laughs> where a bunch <laughs> of millennials <laughs> talk about books and then things that those books make them think of. I'm your host, Hans Seidemann. Hans mistakes. We had a long discussion about how my life is a uh, turd, and so I really need people to think I'm smart because I don't have anything else right now. So, oh, you guys, I have need read to... at least two books. You know, there's always a universal sexiness to someone whose life is shit but has read a lot of books. Oh, yeah. This is true. This is true. You are an artist. I, I, I keep holding out hope that that'll be true. All right. Well, let's dive in with our first segment, shall we? Which is, I'm just calling Love or Sausages. Oh, wow. Because Love and Sausages is, I think, I think it's an iconic sketch, certainly. Um, But it's also Mm -hmm. perhaps controversial. I I don't know if everyone has the same uh, unifying feeling about it. So the question is, do we love it or do we want to grind it into sausages? Who's got the strongest opinions? Shout them out now. Uh, I'm on the... the I want to start off by that saying... That sounded like that a weak opinion, Kalina. I'm giving it to Stu. <laughs> Stu, yeah, it hit was. us with your no, hard opinion. This is, this is not <laughs> even an opinion, but just like... Uh, so I've never seen sausages before, but the meme account that follows us and retweets us occasionally, oh, the yeah. Twitter bio, just says, we are all sausages. So like, <laughs> obviously it's impactful. Shout out to Chicken Lady. Thank you yeah. for being here. Shout out to Chicken Lady. You, we, you, we have great interactions with Chicken Lady on Twitter. Love it. Mm-hmm. Chicken Lady loves life. Chicken Lady. <laughs> chicken, <laughs> chicken Lady loves Twitter and life. I, so I, I am definitely going to go to bat for Love and Sausages as a sketch that is not at all funny, but still just interesting <laughs> to watch. Mm. Mm-hmm. It's yeah. interesting to watch. It is. Uh, I'm not sure if it's supposed to be. I I am sure that Bruce made it. I'm not yes. sure if it's supposed to be him riffing on Eraserhead or 1984 or something else that I just haven't seen. It's a riff on something. There's a little bit of Pink Floyd's The Wall in there. Like it's got mm. this weird industrial mm-hmm. feel to it. You know, my, you know. Actually, this is a nice segue. As much as we were talking about. Let's yell about books to show people that we're well read and not just the new version of jaded Gen Xers. Um, <laughs> this is exactly what that is. He's Fair like, point. I've seen art films. I think about the divide in the city. What's that like? <laughs> is it like weird facial hair? Probably. <laughs> like there's a spotlight that goes yeah. through on that. It's just like, uh, it. it's a shitty sketch and it's not funny, but it is also so quintessentially kids in the hall to me totally that is what it is it's like it's like it's not i don't i wouldn't sit there and be like oh i really enjoy this but i feel like there's something about like the um self-flagellating aspect of the kids in the hall fandom that (laughs) you have to sit through this and you have to recognize it you don't have to love it you don't Mm -hmm. have to 
you don't have to like sit there and like savor that fucking sausage but <laughs> but you need to know it in order to get like the whole kith aesthetic like this is the this is the issue is that so many times when we're like rating the sketches it's like it's not so much of like oh i'm trying to think like what do i think is it is representative always it's like what can we ease newbies into to show the mm. world how amazing kith is so but the real die hard fans are gonna sit together and watch sausages even though probably yeah. i'm gonna assume like at least 50 50 are gonna love and hate it you know? So here's here's where I come in with my hard opinion, okay. which is that <laughs> Love and Sausages is fucking fantastic, okay. um, and it it is both it is both an excellent sketch in its construction and is also funny. And I like I, I go to bat for this a hundred percent in all respects. So so mm-hmm. first of all, I think this is where Bruce's art house sketches, which have been, you know, varying levels of unsteady leading up to this point. I think this is where they hit their final form. Like I think this, this is, is this is his <laughs> most masterful like version. This is of his this most masterful art yes. house kind of sketch. Um because and and this is where I say it, I think it's also very funny too. Um it's it's like the pacing is not at all your your standard comedy thing. It doesn't have like a lot of laugh out loud like bits in it and stuff it like that. It has no uh, laugh out loud bits at it. <laughs> uh, well, so Not- so here is okay. So this is this is where, where I reveal myself where as a pretentious asshole. Lines? This sketch, okay. this sketch, <laughs> this sketch is to comedy as jazz is to rock and oh roll. Oh my it's god! Like, oh my god! <laughs> but like, no. it's the it's it's the it, it's got box. this like free form. <laughs> but like, uh, the comedy is partly in kind of. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, the the comedy is partly on like understating some of the things that could be laugh getting and like and finding the moments in between that are like amusing. Like the thing that I find great about this is it's not especially like laugh out loud funny, but then it'll just cut back to to Scott just looking at the camera with a smile on his face going and like and like that in contrast to the other it's like Mm. it's like hitting a dissonant chord where you expect there to be like a resolution Uh. harmony and you're like ooh yeah that really hits Uh, me man you know Uh, but for comedy mm, I want to push I I see what you're going for but I want to push back on it a little bit because you're like well it's not super funny and I'm like it's not funny at all which is not to say that there's not (laughs) humorous bits to it like Things being intentionally unfunny can be funny as a whole, but there are no parts in this scene, I was going to say sketch, but it's really more of like a little scene, that are, there are no punchlines. Yeah. Um, I, 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 I do want to give you props for like right at the start where it's just this disembodied Scott voice, like, sausage. Yeah, it's so quiet um, to kind of yeah. set up the sketch, yeah. <laughs> Kalina thought that it was one of us on our mics, but it was like, nope, that's, that's the show. <laughs> Um, <laughs> yes, but yes, yeah, so the jazz thing is really work for me because it's not like it's, uh, you know, generally poppy and there is a single chord for interest. It's all discord. Like the whole thing well, is no, incomprehensible that's... from the clacker ball to the long shot. Yeah, like, the clacker ball makes no sense. Yeah, it's 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 funny because it is a unexpected art house piece. I've been thinking a lot. Of, I, I did the Pink Floyd reference because I just watched it with my nephew, um, which was. <laughs> Fantastic. And it, it's a really shitty movie, but I, I really like that album. Um, but this is kind of like the Amagama 
of the Pink Floyd discography where you're like, no, it's good. It's good. It's better than everything else. It sucks to listen to, but you'll understand that it's good. <laughs> and uh, see, this thing about I, like trying to proselytize people into one of the best kids in the hall sketches, which I do. I do in my own right. And I think is a noble effort. But kids in the hall is not about trying to sell the it, it, it's a futile task because kids in the hall mm. is not about trying to sell people on it on what's funny kids in the hall is about weeding out the fucking normies so you can find the people who are damaged in the exact same way that you are <laughs> and, yeah yeah true and see and, and towards that, this is something that party. i think the kids themselves have repeatedly <laughs> said and recognized in themselves as well yes yeah, I mean, so along that that lines too. I like I I think I take your point to some extent, but I but I'll I'll push back in a okay. in a along that line, like embracing your, your Hans, Hans disagrees I'm, I'm with me, it. but gently, so I don't get salty. No, what? no, 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 no. Like I I agree with your construction, but I I I disagree with where it leads to. Right. So okay. So you're right in that like. Um, uh, but I don't think of this as like a Pink Floyd album situation where it's like, oh yeah, this one's like not very good, but you kind of have to listen to it to understand them. I think of this as like the Radiohead, you know, going from like Benz and 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 OK Computer to like Kid A, where it's like they, you mm. know, everything they've done sort of sets you up for this, but you either will go with them there or you will not. And you, and you and kinda... there's so many people that love early Radiohead and they're like, oh, I loved it. And then they got this all weird electronic and stuff like that. And it's like, oh no, that's the good stuff. That's where they got really you know, good, you know? Yeah. Um, and it's it's not for everybody, right? But Hans, let me, give, let me give you the praise that you so richly deserve. That is a much <laughs> better comparison. It is. <laughs> Thank because, you. Thank not you. only are you saying that it's like a real turn, but you're like, but the writing was on the wall. Yes, yes. Yeah. You could see Ew. it coming. Okay. Oh, this but, stuff and, and was already all out there. Yes. Yeah. Was, oh, that yeah. A, was that a pun? Was that a every, pun? Every salty <laughs> ham sketch, every episode about a dad that's disappointed with their father, every episode about yearning for a love that will never be as good as the way you imagine it is mm-hmm. about this sketch. Yeah. This is basically mm-hmm. Bruce's magnum opus. It is, yeah. And I, I want to just say, like, along that kind of jazz comparison I made earlier, like, uh, one of the things that I think makes it feel like jazz to me in that sense is, which is hilarious that it's a Bruce sketch that I say feels like jazz because Bruce notably mm-hmm. is jazz, but um, is, like, you were saying it doesn't have any funny moments. Um, but one of the things I think is really interesting... I said it doesn't, have, I said it doesn't I, have any punchlines. I didn't say yeah, it yeah, any yeah. funny well, moments. So, but but that's exactly what I'm getting at, right? So there okay. are a couple, like, punchlines in this sketch, but they... Ex- they they to my mind at least are intentionally set up to not work like when when the guy is imagining like pushing mark into the sausage factory like that in another kids in the hall sketch would be like set up as like a big punchline get a whole lot of audience laughs but it's like so weirdly and you know I, i don't know if i would say intentionally poorly done but it's done in a way that like intentionally robs the the humor out of it almost right and it kind of tells me like this is not that sketch and then it cuts instead to like you know scott just being like sausages right Mm -hmm. like uh so like to me it's it's kind of turning those tropes on its head a little bit and looking for laughs in other places um which is why i'm like it's kind of like jazz in that way it's like it's overturning expectations and like you you know that it's not a statement as to whether that's inherently superior or inferior or not it's just very different and either you love it or you hate it kind of thing right which mm-hmm. is why i think this one is so controversial right i love it you guys d- don't appreciate that as much which is not a, again well, not a I, I, I never said i don't appreciate this sketch yeah man i just no, no i'm just saying that construction of it that particular aspect of it i i can't mm, i don't know i think i mm. 
I was going to have a dunk on you, but I was like, too mean. No, uh, dunk, dunk away. Oh, no, no, no. I, I, think, I think you're taking a this is not the place to so This that... is not the place to wear the kid gloves. Come on. Yeah, that's true. Uh, yeah, gloves off. Um, no, I think you're making distinctions just so that you can be this the special boy who referenced jazz and therefore is yeah, better, obviously. Yeah. Better, better tasted yeah. than the rest of us. Because... Look, uh, I know what I'm doing. Find <laughs> well, the man who, who just... Ten minutes ago, revealed he doesn't know who Elena Ferrante is. <laughs> yeah, I, I just—it's not that I didn't know who she was. I just confused her for a completely different author in for, every respect. For yes. a man with three names. <laughs> <laughs> yes, exactly. Yes, yes. Um, yeah, I. Mm, fuck. Sorry, I I do want to comment on that, but I'm my thoughts are com- entirely consumed by this idea of Scott's character as this like. Wiz, like wise like reflection of the universe his whole bit where it's like we are all sausages and he like you know <laughs> bruce fantasizes about being free about uh putting mm. his his father or whatever figure on the conveyor belt and being away with him and being with this woman but he can't because he is part of the machine it's like we are all sausages we're all ground up for an industrial we all have our, our single purpose and we have to stay in yeah. line to be a product and the the dad kind of recognizes that it's like you either eat or you are eaten. Mm. Mm. You got to put that corn syrup on there. Or... I, mean, I, I think we're, we're really pivoting. I I really think we're pivoting now to the more interesting question, which is not whether it's funny, but what does it mean? Is there mm. a meaning to it? Interesting. What is the deep meaning of love and sausages? Uh, I think Hans hit the said the most important thing, which is what it means is Bruce is pretentious. And he would like to not be seen as pretentious, so he says he doesn't like jazz, but he absolutely listened to jazz. If even to be like, fucking jazz, like, I, I don't care about jazz. But about jazz. <laughs> I'm not into jazz, I'm into the talking heads. Yeah. Also, I mean, there, there, is a, there is a funny, like, uh, thread through a lot of their sketches, which I know we've already talked about, like, ad nauseum, but, like, the anti-capitalist, like, anti-businessman nature of it, like, continues through this, but obviously in less of a, like, ha-ha businessmen are funny and lack souls way to mm-hmm. being like wow they're horrible people that like check you for sausages and probably pay you like below minimum wage oh they, they make a poverty. direct visual allusion to like uh checkpoints and fascist totally. like, like there's a yeah there's a spotlight that runs over them in a very like oppressive and upsetting way the way they Which- do the lighting like and and when you start like drawing those connections, I know they would probably fucking hate this, but like you're like, yeah, of course they're political, and this is what makes them, I think, such a like a good no. countercultural point. Like especially in the '90s, and like I think this was the first time it was either in this one or was it in in the last episode? Like they referenced themselves as like being a cult hit, and and mm. you know they I think they recognize that like they're not mainstream they're kind of not pandering to the masses they know they're weird which is why like a sketch like this works is that they know that they're pushing some buttons and critiquing society like either in a funny way where we get to like laugh at it or in this where we get to cringe at it yeah dude see I think in this one though it's just Bruce's like petulant teen uh, art house kind of understanding of of like the world and politics in the sense where it's like yeah like the bosses are trying to shut you down but it's very much off like it's it's very much an Eastern European like you know communist kind of like look out so it's like the the the, the man is going to keep you down for the profits but the profits are communism you know, it's got a real like <laughs> unsteady understanding of the way the world works you know mm. 
I, I, I don't know if I entirely agree. I think that it, it is him putting himself all out there. Um, you can disagree with some of the conclusions he makes, but I think like there's a couple things that I would say I am seeing in this uh, that I think it's about. I don't I don't think that like it being about a fascist police state is really what it's about. Um hmm. So but it uses that imagery is what I'm saying. It's like it uses oh yeah, no, it uses that imagery. Um okay, so a few things that I I am going to say like that are just based on us having done this podcast for a long time that I kind of picked up from us reading all the biographies that I know about Bruce. Uh number okay. 1 he had like a, a kind of pathetic alcoholic father that still kind of projected a lot of expectations on Bruce and gave Bruce his trademark chip on his shoulder. Um, okay. You know, that's where the whole, uh, when when are you going to get to fight your dad kind of yeah. jokes come could you, from. Could you take your dad, yeah. <laughs> yeah, when are you going to kick your dad's ass jokes. Um, mm-hmm. So number two, like I think he did in his young life spend a lot of time working just shit jobs. Mm-hmm. And... Number three, like, I think that he sort of is making this sketch a lot about his young life and his desire to escape from it. So kind of like just this sort of set drudgery of a normal life that he kind of felt was being forced upon him largely by his own father and sort of this dream of escaping from it. I think that's basically Mm. what he's expressing to us with Love and Sausages, whether or not love and sausages is funny or good i think that that's what he's trying to say i don't know if he's trying to say bigger things about police states i think he is trying to say (laughs) something about how he views the drudgery of kind of a mundane shift work kind of life oh yeah yeah i get that yeah oh no i wasn't saying that he's like making this big you know anti-war anti-anything statement but i'm saying he was he was cribbing from a lot of the visual touchstones. Oh, no, no. He's he's cribbing from that visual vocabulary for sure. I don't know if that's actually what he was specifically going for with this. I think it is more about his own relationship with his father Mm -hmm. and also how he feels about uh, mundane like life for most people and how he wanted to escape it. I will say we have to give Scott some props for his depiction of oh, the dad because he's oh, yeah. the, drooling the, everywhere. One, one of the grossest mouths yes. we've seen, which is a, mm-hmm. a competitive category. Um, and, and, and I and I have to also say, like, what are the things that we can note about this old man? He is both a tyrant and he's pathetic and disgusting too. Yes. Yeah. Absolutely. Yes. Yeah. I, yeah. I mean, there's. <laughs> I, I would love, man, I would love nothing more than to get like a detailed interview with Bruce about like what what the, the goal of or what the, the ethos was behind Love and Sausages. Like there's so many other things that don't, I, I, it's hard to know whether they're just scene setting um, for the sake of like the, the kind of the vibe that he's trying to create or whether they had other deep meanings that he was trying to somehow convey or like fake deep meanings for the sake of comedy. Like the constantly dripping apartment like just it's always dripping Mm. everywhere all the time and then like at the end where it like blends in with his with his tears or like makes it look like he's crying but but he's been so stoic the whole time like is that like to Mm. me i find it funny because i'm like that feels so over the top and like um 
And like, to me, it, it feels like very tongue in cheek. It doesn't feel like he's being like trying to do anything serious with that. It's like, it's, he's taking a, a serious art trope and like, and playing on it for last, uh, kind of subverting in this, it in this. Yeah. Exactly. And then again, this is where I come back to the, the, the jazz comparison, right? It feels like there's a lot of things that he's like, he's looked at the form and then he subverts it and that's where the humor is. And so it's not, there's not a, there's yeah. not a joke there, but it's like, if you are, you know, if you are familiar with this thing and you found it to be pretentious in your viewing of it in the hmm. past, like then this will be funny to you because you're like, aha, he's subverting that form. Right. Um, yeah. I just tried to Google search while Trevor was was making his points, which were all well made, Trevor. Um, but I I don't seem to find any <laughs> interview where he describes, you know, love and sausages. But I did find a little link there where it says that he apparently went big on this sketch and that they burned up uh, a significant chunk of the entire season's budget uh, and shooting times <laughs> shooting this one sketch and that he actually <laughs> had to like go behind the scenes and cajole producers uh quietly in like in the background to like get the things that he wanted for oh, his stuff God. without the other kids knowledge so he really he really went oh, for it God. on this one Look, yeah. I, i'm saying this was an important thing for brucey he wanted to yes. express himself oh yeah Oh yeah. I agree, yes. Honestly, and like we were saying, like it's not funny per se. I wouldn't pitch it to somebody who's never seen the troupe before, but it's kind of a good investment. Like what this this where else would this be if not in Kids in the Hall? True, very true. I, I can't imagine Mad TV or SNL, which are the <laughs> other other sketch comedy shows I remember being on the air at this time doing I would, snow. I would love to see Elon Musk doing a cameo no, in No, sausages. gross. No, banished bad thought. No. <laughs> I do not oh, want to man. see Elon Musk's mouth oh. doing any of those things in that sketch. Yeah. Oh, man. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I mean, another thing about this sketch that I think is worth talking about is just all of the mouths in it, and and they are all extremely gross. Um, well, I shouldn't say all extremely gross because there are there are the the kissing lips from the sausage kissing girl, and those aren't ex- mm-hmm. those aren't explicitly gross. But like every <laughs> Scott mouth, every Bruce mouth, they're all super gross. And I I'm just curious if you have any senses to like why why that was or if they were going for anything in particular and like or or what that means if there's any meaning behind it but i just something else i noted about this sketch what do you guys think about the oh, so much drooling too man like <laughs> yeah. wow wow those with the dripping yeah mm-hmm. that one was bad the initial sausage like suck shot of scott's mouth was <laughs> definitely was gonna be rough. this episode's gift <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. yeah, Trevor's while we were watching it, Trevor's like, Well, that's gonna be the episode's gif, and I was like, Yeah, there's no question. <laughs> Scott putting the Scott like lovingly putting a sausage into his mouth while like massaging it with his tongue. He's not even really biting, <laughs> he's just, just kind of so just gross. Like... Oh yeah. yeah, there's there's a lot of tongue action in that one. Yeah. Yeah. I feel like Mark, although it's not a close-up, also kind of has a gross mouth because he has a mean mouth. It's a long shot, but yeah. he there's there's not I... a lot of good mouths in here. I will mention as a total aside, as a vegetarian, uh, sausages are mm. one of the number one uh, gross, disgusting foods that I kind of miss. Oh, they're so good. Uh, they are delicious. I mean, that was the <laughs> other thing about this sketch that was just, I mean, so much of it was gross, right? Like when he like discards the, the like not good enough sausage and it's just going into like mm. a bucket of vaguely flesh products and like when they're dumping mm-hmm, the mm-hmm. flesh products into the vat of whatever like it's mm-hmm. just so gross okay what's yeah. so dope about sausages though is that it is 
a garbage food for garbage people that is made out of garbage animals that is super delicious. <laughs> like, it's just such alchemy for, for tastes. Well, and yes. you know what, Stu? Scott's right. We are all sausages. We're we all are sausages. all sausages. We're, just, we're all the garbage bits of other animals that we've shoved into ourselves. Some of us only eat plants, but that's fine, whatever. And then, you know, but <laughs> so it's, it's delicious. We're delicious. Yeah. Encased in sausage casing. That's not helpful at all. Nope. Hans had to eat so many people (laughs) to find out how to be a cannibal. (laughs) Which were the best bits, yeah. Oh, dear God. All right, well, this might be be a bit of a uh, a no-brainer, but uh, uh, we're just going to go right into our next bit, which is standout sketch. Uh, So, I mean, I guess... Why don't we we say what do you think is the funniest? uh, Sketch? Well, look, our standout sketches, we also do... We also do best sketch and worst sketch. So we'll, you know, mm. maybe other people have other standout sketches that they want to talk about um, or worst sketches they want to talk about. But let's talk about our best and worst this episode and give them a rating out of five. And why don't... Trevor, why don't you kick us off? Well, I already said that uh, even though I don't even consider it that funny, like Love and Sausages is essential Kith fan content. And I give it five mm-hmm. out of five. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, wow. I give it a five out of five, despite not thinking it's about jokes at all. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, I think I'll have to focus on honorable mention. Mm-hmm. And for honorable mention, I want to give uh, rollerblades honorable mention, and it's only going to get three and a half out Hell of five. Yeah. But I think it's just such a good slice of '90s skis. They always have that mm-hmm, like Mark mm-hmm. Melanie character being skeezed on by various dudes, and Dave's rollerblade guy is such a specifically '90s skis. Yes. Oh, like, as someone who as someone who grew up in British Columbia and was a fan of the Vancouver Canucks uh, at this exact moment in 1994, um, I have an <laughs> extremely strong recollection of the Pavel Bure uh, rookie card. Um, Pavel Bure was like the main scorer of the Vancouver Canucks in the night, the Russian Russian rocket and his rookie card, um, because he wasn't expected to be drafted that year. They, they kind of had to scramble to put together a rookie card for him. So they didn't have a a picture of him playing hockey. They had a picture of him wearing the exact same jacket that Dave is wearing in that (laughs) sketch, wearing rollerblades, sit, just kind Mm -hmm. of sitting on a, on a metal fence like or uh you know metal kind of yeah fence or gate or whatever uh in the background with like in vancouver with like you know english bay oh, or something in the great. background oh, and man. it's just like it is t- it is that that vibe a hundred percent yeah i'm i just i'm just looking it up we're gonna have to tweet this out later so the uh, i'll tweet it out with the yes yeah with, yeah. The, with the episode after after the sausage gif yeah. yeah sartorial appreciation because we're back in a 90s thing right now in the year of our lord 2021 that fit <laughs> that dave's wearing in the rollerblade thing would pass today that's a good outfit oh totally yeah yeah uh you know what maybe i should change the the name of this this segment from standout sketches to just honorable mentions <laughs> like who yeah. else uh who else gets gets some consideration this episode i mean kalina did you have any other favorites from from this episode yeah, you know, I actually really liked Punchbowl. I hadn't seen that before, and uh, the new guy one. The the yeah, guy. yeah, the, the, yeah. The new new guy uh, hitting hitting on his a kind friend's wife, and the, just it's like it's like the start of the, <laughs> the sketch. You just realize that the new guy Bruce is just literally standing in the corner at this party, staring at a plant, which is amazing. Uh, as just like 
if, if you tend to notice it. And then, and then to just like go into like this, these series of terrible uh, hits on, on the, on Dave's wife finishing off with, are my pants just tight? And you're like, Jesus Christ, this is going way too far. <laughs> yes, um, yes. And uh, what was it? Uh, yeah, no, it was are my pants shrinking? That was it. I mm-hmm. particularly. <laughs> and, and then moving into, do you have a twin sister that can watch us while we have sex? Which just came out of fucking that nowhere, was but it was so yeah, good. very good, very, very good. unnecessary. And then just yes. closing off with, oh, it's so hard making friends with near the new guy. Mm-hmm. I, I just it, it was it was a pretty good cold open. I got to give that really hard props. It was an excellent. Well, what would you give it out of five? What would you give it out of five? Oh, um, I would give that um, a, a, like a, a three and a half shrinking pants out of five. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Stu, do you have any honorable mentions you want to bring up? I wanted to bring up that in The New Guy, Dave's wife initially seems kind of into it, which is great. Like Betty's sort <laughs> yes. of like, oh, like flattered. oh yeah. you cat. Um, that's kind of cute. I wanted to say, yeah, Love and Sausages is extremely iconic. I wouldn't say it's the best or the funniest kids in the hall sketch, but it is the most kids in the hall sketch. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I, I really like the new guy. If I had to pick honorable mention, the honorable mention to the honorable mention for the runner up to the runner up is probably the missing airline pilot. Cause there's a lot of funny bits to that. Like I thought, I thought Scott had this nice chaotic energy to it. And I like that Dave mm. brought his signature ironic Dave over it energy where he was just sort of like, well, guess the plane's going to crash. <laughs> I'm like, <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah, sure, man. That's, that's awesome. That's a real choice. Scott's makeup in that uh, sketch was also like very unique oh, in yeah. the sense that like when he first show, when he first showed up in the scene, I, I genuinely wasn't actually sure it was Scott. For it could have been, you know? it could have been Mark because they gave him the bushy eyebrows. It could have been a Bruce too. Like the way they did his eyebrows and stuff. It was just that was way too tall. Bit, I don't know. Was it? I know, but, <laughs> but just the face, the face. I guess um, I'll I'll round us out here by giving an honorable okay. mention. Um, I mean, I loved I also loved Rollerblades. Uh, just everything about that sketch really did it for me. But uh, I'll give an honorable mention to Heroin Junkie because I also enjoyed just some of the lines in that uh, in that sketch uh, were great. I mean, we, we we debated whether we wanted to do a does this hold up uh, bit we, on this. We could uh, do a quick one now. Just our our gut feelings mm. about it. Do well, you think I it mean. I don't know if we need to get into it to that degree, but I did. I did just like that he was, you know, he says, "All here's all these bad things about the fact that I've got heroin, and now here's the really bad thing." And she's like, "Oh God, what's this?" And he's got this other woman that he's been dating on and off for seven years, who he's broken up with eleven times, and he, mm-hmm. and he, does, I just love where he goes, like, and every time I do break up with her, I have a pattern of seeing other women, and then just kind of gestures towards Mark, <laughs> yeah, uh, for two or three months before going back to her. I'm sure this time is different. But admittedly, I've also but felt again, that way eleven other times. <laughs> I thought that just, was I really know, funny. I, 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 like I the thought it was extremely Kevin funny. Yeah, brought to that, you know, that it was like, yeah, yeah, it was a little insensitive, but like that feeling of like, well, I have to explain because I clearly am damaged, but I'm not willing to fix myself. I'm like, good, good stuff. Honestly, that was like one of. here's the thing I ended up actually really liking about that sketch is it was just such a confident Kevin and we so I've said it before I think but I just I love a confident Kevin sketch you know it was some tight delivery there just just the most put together businessman that's a heroin addict just explaining his damage yeah, and and uh, you know, I don't know. If for if for no other reason alone than than like I love to see Kevin succeed, um, I'll give I'll give Heroin Junkie my honorable mention. I'll give it uh, four unsuccessful breakup attempts out of five. 
nice. Yes, yes. Well, um, I suppose that uh, that does it for this week's episode, uh, our review of season four, episode 15. So please join us next week for our episode 16 review, which will be hosted by none other than Kalina. Hello. <laughs> in the meantime, you can find us on Twitter at Kith and Tell Pod, where you can weigh in on your favorite sketches and enjoy some delightful gifts. And a gentle reminder, if you know who was the mm. contest winner of season four, episode 14, yes, yes, yes. please let us know. Insert, uh, insert Unsolved Mysteries music here. Uh, you can tell us about the contest winner at contact at kithintel.ca. Please, if you're out there, get in touch. You want to do it. Do it. Expose you to the world. Anyways, that's enough for this week. Thanks for listening to Kith and Tell. Goodbye, everybody. Sausage. 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 <laughs>